Guitarathon is the greatest guitar sale on earth, and it's happening now. Get massive savings on a huge selection of electric and acoustic guitars, basses, amps, pedals, and other accessories. Save up to $450 on a Gibson Les Paul Studio Deluxe, up to $900 on a Gibson Les Paul Trad Pro 4, or save up to 20% on other select Gibson guitars. Plus, get special financing on select major brands. Don't miss these incredible deals. Available online and in-store, now through November 1st. Guitarathon, only at Guitar Center. Find your sound. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in to Locked On Hornets on this Monday. Charlotte Hornets news and analysis in your podcast feed every day whenever you need it. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at SeatGeek. Use our promo code LOHORNETS on the SeatGeek app to get $20 off your first purchase. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. David, welcome back. It's great to be back, Doug. How's your weekend, buddy? It was eventful. Spent some time in the great city of Cincinnati. I think an underrated city. But I do have one pet peeve about Cincinnati, and that is that they also call themselves the Queen City. Right. I don't like How'd it. You take that. How'd it go? Where are you walking around? People are just. That, well, here's the are thing. They using, are they dropping it left and right, or is it more? Yes. Kind of no, it's, oh, really. And, and so they got it because they, are the, they were dubbed the Queen of the West. I guess this was early on when when must Cincinnati have, have was been. west. Okay, <laughs> a while ago. Okay, uh, but they here's the thing about Cincinnati though they own it. They have a huge sign uh, right near the river that says mm. the Queen City. Mm. I think Charlotte's got to get on top of this. They've let this thing get out of control. They've really taken the reins. <laughs> yeah. How was your weekend? It was good, man. I had a, a high school reunion of the twentieth high school reunion. That's wow. right, twenty twenty. So uh, it was was eventful. It was pretty fun, actually. Good turnout. You know, got to see some people. Uh, No fights. We never had any fights when we were in school, so we wouldn't have anyone fight during this reunion. (laughs) But uh, it was fun, man. You know, it it doesn't. I'll tell you what. When when you go out 20 years after high school, it's it's, it's a little different than when you go out when you're in high school. High school is just, I think, I was talking about this with producer Katie because she's into this show. Uh, 13 Reasons uh, Why on Netflix. Yeah. We're in it. We're and it's in. about high school. And, and I just thought yeah. to my, like, I didn't have cell phones. Like, cell phones were just starting to leak in. To, and right. certainly not smartphones, smartphones yet. But it's just changed high school completely. Like, I can't imagine going to high school now because of how cell phones have just changed everything. Everything is man. things can get shared so quickly. It's a da- it's a dangerous place. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, sharing, liking. That's a lot of stuff. It's, going fr- on it's, it's just a different. Isn't it? Isn't it just a different platform though? Or is it? Is it? Is it heightened? I think that's kind of the reason. Maybe you should watch the show. I think they. they, they I, I, I have been. Bit. It's a, it's frightening. I know. All right, I did watch the NFL draft this weekend too. Uh, and this has something to do yeah. with the, this has something to do with the Hornets because I'm watching the NFL draft, David, and I'm watching the Panthers select these positionless players. Right, that, I was thinking the same thing that are that are athletes 
and they went and addressed issues on their offense. And I went, yes, I'm jealous. I would like to do that. I want, (laughs) you have money. I would like to take some (laughs) of that money, put it in the jar. No, that's the thing. Yeah. I'm watching the Panthers and I'm thinking, I want the Hornets to do this. I want them to see the issue that they have and then do whatever it takes to address it. Although the NFL draft, and you and I sort of chatted about this, David, the NFL draft and the NBA draft are different. I think because in the first round, really, no matter where you are in that first round, you can find players that can have an immediate impact. That's not necessarily the case in the NBA draft. Well, yeah. Uh, well, also, not just the first round, right? I mean, they've got seven, yeah. but I mean, really, like seven of those the bad first- boys. Through the first four, right, you're thinking that maybe these guys could be starters. So you've got a lot more chances to get those impact players in the NFL draft. It's kind of nice, right? You can address an, a whole area of need. Like the Panthers had some holes to fill. I don't know if they filled them. You know, they, they have holes to fill going into the offseason. But you can address almost an entire area. Like they didn't have any explosiveness on offense, and they went out and got two guys that can really play a bunch of different positions. And, yeah, I mean, I was thinking the same thing. It's like, man, if the Hornets could do that, <laughs> it would be nice. And there, and there will be – I don't know the, – the problem is I don't know if there are opportunities to do that at the 11th spot if that's where the Hornets yeah. end up landing. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the draft a little later in the show uh, because we got a question about it, David, and it's a very interesting question, and so we'll tackle that here in a few. Uh, but first, got to talk about some news and uh, some different news items that hit the wire uh, last week. The Charlotte Hornets announced that they will be wearing Jordan brand uniforms next season. The league is – switching uniform manufacturers from Adidas to Nike, but the Hornets will be the only team with the Jordan brand logo on their jerseys. Uh, This big question, David, that I'm not sure we have an answer to is how, if at all, it will affect the look of the jerseys apart from the different logo. Will that, will it affect, will they have a a wholly unique uniform because Mm -hmm. like how much leeway will the, the NBA give them? Well, like this this first year, yeah, or just uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I mean, know if we can really answer the question. It's just that's the that's the interesting thing. Will uh, they? Right. Yeah, will yeah. they? Obviously, they're going to probably shift it somewhat from what we've seen. Well, the thing is, right? You have to apply. Like, you have to get approved well in advance. You know, like that's what happened the first time around when they tried to do the change, or you know, when they got the name right. They had the name long before they had the rebranding, of course. Those efforts. So, I would think if we were going to see something, we would have seen it already. Because I feel like those things have to be approved ahead of time before you get kind of get into the summer. But I mean, I think that's how it goes. I, I, we'd have to check with like UniWatch.com or something like that for the ins and outs of it, but. Uh, eventually I'm sure you'll see something. Do you want it to change? I think that's a bigger thing. Like remember how many uniforms the Bobcats had? And it's like every <laughs> There's something year. to be said of uniform consistency. Yeah. Every two years. And I'm good with these Hornets uniforms. Um, I have kind of held off on buying any, you know, jerseys because I knew they were, they were changing. So maybe that will change in my I just life, want to but... see some throwbacks. I'm re- I think we're ready. I think we're as a fan base. We're ready. <clears throat> Yeah, and so they had to wait a couple of years for that, too. I don't know what the clock is like on that, but I think eventually I'm sure you'll see something. Uh, you know, remember when Nike took over the NFL, like, they did a few minor changes, but, like, the Panthers does not, did not change one bit. Uh, but then you had one team in the Seahawks that did, like, a complete overhaul that was kind of like the flagship, you know, franchise for Nike and, and putting their imprint on the NFL. So maybe you'll see something like that, but 
even though I don't know, it feels like we would have seen something by now if uh, there were going to be a bunch in the universe. Doesn't doesn't 2K always leak out some stuff, and we haven't seen anything like that. I have. I've been too busy. Uh, I've been trying the my GM mode out on 2K. I've been too busy. Um, I'm the the general manager of the Seattle SuperSonics right now. Ooh, good luck. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it was a good. We had a good. Uh, we had a good. What do they call that? The expansion draft was good to us, uh, and we traded. We had the fourth pick in the draft, and um, my owner really wanted me to go Thon Maker, but I traded for Eric Bledsoe because I thought we needed a good point guard. We got to win now. Yeah. Wow. Um, hey, 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 Doug. The yeah. other thing, they're 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 moving the inside of the uh, arena around a little bit too, as part of that. So they're moving the tickets, uh, will call, I guess, down to they're swapping the will call yes. and the team store. Yes, for those in Charlotte and check it out. Yeah, exactly. To check it out, maybe you buy some tickets. Maybe you buy yeah. tickets online. Maybe you've been buying tickets online for a while and you've gone, look, this is a frustrating process. I don't like it. Well, that's true, because it has been frustrating to buy tickets online for sports and concerts for a long time. It's always been hard to find the best deals for that game or show you want to go to, and the problem is none of those older ticket sites want to do anything about it. But SeatGeek is different. They've built an awesome app for your phone that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. It's the only app that I use to get my tickets for a very simple reason, David. It saves me money. And it saves me time by showing me the best deals from a lot of the various ticket sites out there. So I get it's it's very easy the way they do it. These little big green dots show up and say, this is a good deal. And I go, okay, I'm going to buy that. Here's the best part. Our listeners get a $20 rebate off their first purchase. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Enter promo code LOHORNETS. That's LOHORNETS. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase, download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOHORNETS today. Yeah, the Hornets are also, uh, they're going to move the arena fan shop into that area where, but I think also, I don't think it's a simple move. Just from the renderings that I've seen, David, I think they're going to, there's because there has to be like an outside entrance, one would That's think. That's what I was thinking, to, to the team shop, right? To the team shop, Yes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking there's going to be some. Uh, we haven't gotten a lot of details about it, but I think there's going to be some more renovations um, to it as well. And, and until then, I think the the new fan shop or the temporary fan shop will be over by the practice court. Right. Yeah. 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 I was thinking that too. They got to have an outside entrance because uh, that's kind of a if you have a retail shop and you can go in there all the time. I would think, and it's going to be a little bigger too. So. Cool things happen. All part though. of there the, are, I think it's all part of the, again, hey, NBA, maybe come back over here, 2019, All-Star uh, yeah, Weekend. Sure. Uh, the for the sure. Jersey thing, one more thing I want to hit on with that, David, I think it also digs up this whole thing that we talk about every now and then about having Michael Jordan as your owner and it mm-hmm. making things weird sometimes because I think it was around this time last season where, we, st- he couldn't. <laughs> right. where we started talking about tampering and yeah. um, you know maybe not not you know not using the Jordan brand as a tool to acquire talent to your team, yeah. but it's okay yeah. for you to have your own. So exactly. again, That's what we said. The, yeah, they're selective <laughs> about when he can use his influence. Yeah, you can't uh, you can't name people that'll wear your shoe, but oh yeah yeah yeah, you can totally just slap your entire logo. <laughs> On our jersey. Uh, It's amazing. Um, Okay, so we got a very uh, good listener question from Keith. 
Keith writes, I was very disappointed and surprised that lottery-level talents Miles Bridges and Robert Williams decided to return to college. The Hornets draft history has conditioned me to be very paranoid over every draft, posturing, and positioning. Curious to know your thoughts on how the decision of these two players potentially impact the draft for the Hornets. Great question, Keith. Thank you so much. You can send your questions to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com or visit the contact page on LockedOnHornets.com or tweet us at LockedOnHornets. So let's get to Keith's question, David. What do you think? How does um, Miles Bridges and Robert Williams, their decision to return to school, affect how the Hornets may draft come this June? I wonder if the fact that the Hornets were slotted to take Miles Bridges in like every mock draft, if that affected. You think that had some effect on him going He's back? Like, All right, I gotta. Yeah, I gotta head back. Uh, I, that's what sucks. I mean, because that's the kind of guy. That's the guy that we kind of earmarked, right? As our as our early favorite, our leader on the clubhouse, as a guy that we would want the Hornets to draft. You mentioned like positionless players, explosive, athletic players, and that's something that we said they need to add. And that's kind of who this guy is, Bridges. I mean. So I think I was a little disappointed that he went back uh, and the Hornets wouldn't have a chance to grab him this year. Yeah, I mean, the immediate thing that it does, David, is it changed the mock drafts. And now almost all of them have Zach Collins, the (laughs) power forward center sixth man of uh, Gonzaga, was a big part of their tournament run into the championship. Uh, Now the mocks have Zach Collins going uh, to Charlotte. So let's talk about who Zach Collins is. He is a uh, seven-footer. Shot blocking is sort of his calling card. He averaged just under two blocks per game despite only playing 18 minutes per game off the bench for Gonzaga. Has a great skill set that includes a mid-range game. He's got a short corner game. He can step out and hit the three. Uh, knocked down 47.6% of his three-point attempts last season. <clears throat> and he has really good uh, pick-and-roll instincts. That's what scouts are saying right now is that he – just sort of instinctually knows uh, where to be on those pick and rolls, and that's very important if he wanted to be part of the Charlotte Hornets off uh, offense. The weaknesses, though, David, basketball IQ, which is a big kind of that's a big weakness because that's yeah. you know what we know that Steve Clifford uh, loves guys that just know where to be, uh, know how to execute the offense, and uh, so that may be a weakness. And then gets into foul trouble. I uh, saw that in the tournament. Kind of had an up and down yeah. tournament. Couldn't stay Championship on the court. Game. Yeah. Um, so, Doug, I'm just. I guess we'll get into the draft as we get closer to it. But I'm just becoming wary of being able to consistently build through the draft. Maybe that's just being a Hornets follower. But you know, it's like these guys come out. You you don't know what you have a lot of times until two or three years in. By that time, you got to make a choice on whether to extend them or let them go. And it's like it's just becoming harder and harder. I think for teams to add consistency in the draft i mean maybe it's always been that way i'm just i'm, I'm losing a little of my uh excitement over adding people through the draft because a i think it's frustrating and b like the email right like the one that haven't exactly hit home runs in that department and then when they've got a shot at a guy like bridges um who could add something that they desperately need but in turn you know all the mocks have them getting collins or like i don't know if marketing will be there but it's the same type of player that we have yeah well that's my so that when I I see Collins mocked to the Hornets that's my immediate question because I I saw him mocked around 15 to 20 uh, for a while and then and then again Bridges and Williams both exit and then all of a sudden Collins mocked to the Hornets and you wonder is he being mocked to the Hornets because 
you know, these people who mock these things look back at draft history and go, okay, they like this kind of guy. They like the Zeller, I, I mean, Kaminsky, yes. Vonley. Some of that, but like, I also think it's just falling that way to some degree. Like, like if they landed 11, it feels like they're just, of course, outside that that um, kind of uh, realm of, of of high impact immediate players or or like elite talents, right? Like they're going to fall just outside of that range. What if a guy and like so, a Dennis Smith or a Malik Monk or a Jonathan Isaac fall to 11? Then you have the sort of Vonley so, type questions of why did this guy fall to 11? Yeah, uh, that's the thing, and that's the other thing that that makes the NBA and the NFL draft, I think, a little different. Is that when a guy drops like that in the NFL draft, everybody's like, "Oh, that guy got a steal." It's a steal of the draft, or the steal of the draft. Well, it's also usually because like an off court or off field something, right? Yeah, like and in the NBA, did. if a guy falls, it's like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> what's, what's going on here?" Um, the thing yeah. about college too is that another guy that's seven feet tall, uh, two hundred and thirty pounds, so he's going to have to put on weight. Uh, and another guy that would be, again, in the Frank Kaminsky mold. So it's like, except he can play defense. I mean, you got you get right. a guy in Collins that can immediately come in, but it's like an upgrade to Frank Kaminsky. So then there are going to be questions about what do you do with Frank at that point? But also, when him, him coming out different from Frank, obviously Frank, four-year player, player of the year. Collins, I mean, higher ceiling probably, but didn't Nin- even start. 19, 19 years old? 19 years old. Like, that's what I'm saying. One and just, done. It would be one and done, or yeah. One and done. Um, even Cody, you know, um, he started both years, I think, at Indiana. But, um, you know, it's like, I, I don't know. I mean, are you feeling any of that, 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 that just the draft, like if the Hornets are going to start to make waves, they're going to have to keep doing it on, a, uh, you know, keeping building what they have, adding through trades and, and free agent signings as opposed to the draft or just looking for immediate impact? I mean, unless they, unless they get lucky, right, and bounce back up into that top three. Um, yeah, it doesn't look like they're going to get that type of guy this year um, at first glance. Well, here's what I here's what I really think that a Miles Bridges type of player getting out of the draft does to the Hornets situation. It's that it increases the odds for me that the Hornets are not going to be content with the eleventh pick. <sighs> yeah, that that you're either going to see one of two situations where they really fall in love. This, or at least what I would like to see them do is really fall in love with one of these explosive athletic uh, guards that are going to be mm-hmm. in the top 10. So a Dennis Smith. I, I'm getting Monk. closer and closer to giving my rose to Dennis you Smith. You love Dennis Smith. I, I, I mean, I, right I, like, now, I like him too. I love him. And but you're going to use that on, on, a, on, your, on our Kimba's backup? I guess is that uh, it was. It was pretty much a, the the lynch part of the linchpin of uh, of this season was the fact that they mm. didn't have a this backup point guard. This is true, uh, and, and you know, with Dennis Smith, he's not only a guy that can create a lot just with his explosiveness offensively. He's a pesky defender. He's a guy that's not afraid mm-hmm. to get up in your shirt. So you know, and then there's the uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce the guy's last name yet, but Frank, the the point guard out of France. Oh God, no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's interesting too, though. Yeah, because again, that's you know that's a Patrick Beverly type, someone that you can bring in. That's a compliment, six five, so he's a lot taller than Kimba, a good compliment type of point guard. So there are a couple of interesting prospects in that top ten. So they would have to trade up to get in there. So I think, and, and we talked about it. the The pressure is on at this point to to find an impact player, whether that be in the mm-hmm. draft or you know, out in the free agent market or through trade. So I, I don't think you can afford 
with that 11th selection to take a player that you may need to wait a few years on. I think development time was two years ago. Development time may have even been last season, and they chose to trade that pick and go for Marco. I think that time's over. Or they trade back and, again, try to find a way to – uh, get that into a an impact player this season or move some contracts that would free up some money that they could go into later in the summer in free agency and pull off a maneuver. Yeah, I think you're right. And then they're definitely going to try and do something. I mean, because they only got so many, they only have so many avenues to do that. And free agent signing, you know, uh, they'll be limited in that. And show strength has always been trading. So, I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I can all guarantee you one thing, David. I, I think that more and more I think that we're going to leave this draft with more questions than answers. I think. Mm. Because the, the situation is so complex, I honestly think we're going to come away from this draft going, Rich Cho and company did X because they're probably thinking Y. Mm-hmm. You know, not necessarily... Oh, they selected that be player like, because it's going to be a neat. No, I think they're going to do something that's going to set something up later it's on. It's going to be the beginning. It's going to be the first domino, or it's going to be the first step into doing something. And of course, yeah, it, I, I, you know, I don't want to fall too in love. I don't want to fall too in love with Dennis Smith because it eliminates all <laughs> chances that the Hornets well, will select. I mean, the nice thing about that, yeah, you would check a box off. You'd be, you'd basically be done with backup point guard, right? Um, I'm just, and I, I um, and Zach, and let's be was, fair to Zach Collins. It would also check a box off for the Hornets in terms of shot blocking. You know, Steve Clifford yeah, has made I it mean, clear that's, that's only, one thing he wants the team to go look for is shot blocking, and and Zach Collins can't do that. Yeah, that's the unfortunate part about that. It's just like they've taken that guy so many times in a row. They have that guy, and it's like the running joke now. Uh, you know, the, the the tall white guys in Charlotte. Uh, but Collins may actually be the best pick. I mean, that's the that's the, the, the crazy thing about it. It's like when they're coming out and we're going through the tournament, right? This guy is there. He's being talked about with all this type of potential and being a one and done and being the best player in the championship game, you know, and having a big impact on that fouling out. So. It's going to be interesting, man. Hey, maybe though, maybe the Hornets will just get lucky. Maybe they'll just they'll finally get some lottery luck. I mean, wouldn't that be something to smile about? <laughs> wouldn't that be something interesting if they just could just at one time get a? And this would be the year because if you get up into that top three or whatever, move up a little bit, then you start to get into that NFL mode that you were talking about, where really you can just you know. Uh, throw a dart at any of his top guys and kind of come away with something that'll be valuable. Well, our draft coverage will continue uh, all throughout the next couple of weeks leading up to the draft in late June. Also, we've got our player recaps continuing this week. Uh, Tomorrow, I think we're tackling, hey, Cody Zeller. So there are some, we can sort of tie all of this in together by talking about Cody Zeller and the improvements that he made uh, this season. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks to our sponsor, SeatGeek. Download the SeatGeek app and use our promo code LOHORNETS to get $20 off your first purchase. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, give us a five-star review. It helps hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. And be like Keith. Send us those Hornets questions and thoughts, whether they be on the draft, free agency, trading, anything involved with this summer. Uh, Shoot those to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com or visit the contact page on LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again tomorrow. For David, I'm Doug saying, go Hornets, go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Like what you hear? Consider sharing this podcast with other Charlotte Hornets fans. 
The easiest way? Our new website, LockedOnHornets.com. There you can download the podcast, listen to our latest episodes, and check out Locked On Hornets live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best selling LED light bulbs. Our four pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long lasting 10 year LED bulbs now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.